0: Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. That there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. This is the show that challenges reality, questions as we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We aim to make the paranormal normal and the supernatural natural. We explore conspiracy theories and extravagant ideas because this reality is anything but what it seems. On this week's episode of The Secret Podcast, we're going to do a little bit more exploring with AI, with computer technology, and specifically with hacking, and how it's impacting your life and possibly the lives of everybody in the world. There are some dangers out there that we all need to be aware of. This is not a doom and gloom, be very afraid. This is more be aware of what's going on, and here are some countermeasures on what you can do to protect yourself from these events that are out there. We do not try to spread fear on this show. We try to spread awareness. I'm excited we have this new platform called Sixth Sense Media. My co-founder, Ray Davis, has been doing a phenomenal job uploading content. Right now, we just have the Facebook page open as we're building the website. But the uh, Facebook page has some great content on there. You can find the links to that at serviceofchange.com right now if you're looking for the link to that Facebook page. And, uh, and check out what's going on there. Lots of great memes, lots of great articles, lots of great discussion. I hope that you'll join it and be a part of it. Also, some videos have been going up there. I've been putting some videos out there. Uh, and throwing it out there. This platform is building, it's growing. I'm excited as we see our numbers rise, but we're also looking for more content creators. If you're a podcaster, if you're a blogger, if you're a writer, if you're an author, uh, if you're somebody who has something to say, please get in touch with us. You can reach out to me through my email address at servicechange.com or connect with us through the Facebook page and uh, let us know what you have to offer. We may have a home for you as this platform grows. You know, as we say, our, our motto is, you know, Six Sense Media, bettering ourselves, bettering each other, and bettering the world. If you have something that fits that profile, no matter what the subject, we'd love to hear from you. Hope you're enjoying my audio. I'm on a new audio setup here. So I have some new equipment in front of me, thanks to uh, the upcoming birthday, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. So the show's, the show's growing, the show's getting better. I'm going to be, in about another week or two, I should have the last piece that I need, and then I'm really going to start reaching out and scheduling some bigger guests and get them on here to share their stories with you. I really love delving into uh, just anything really, but um, right now I'm looking for people who have had out of body experiences uh, and experiences with UFO and alien abductions. I'd like to dissect that a little bit further and, uh, and, and get their stories out there. You know, Sixth Sense Media. One of the things I like to look into is also incorporating the Sixth Sense Into our analysis of what's going on in the world It may not encompass everything It may not catch all the information we need But it is another crucial piece that I think we 99.999 times Ignore what's going on And and speaking of that sixth sense That's what has driven me to this episode Of this show this evening I'll talk about that in a little bit But I want to talk about hacking I want to talk about deception uh, And really straight up subversion What's been going on in the United States For quite some time now And this started with nothing but just gut instinct for me, knowing, hey, this is off and I think this is who it is, and it's just that intuitive pull that I've been feeling. Lo and behold, I come across an article this past week that verifies exactly what my intuition has been telling me. Uh, So we're going to get into that in a little bit. It's quite interesting. Some news stories that I'd like to talk about. The first one, once again, comes to us from Unknown Country. Now this, I'm still struggling to understand this story. It's fascinating. The heading of it is Synthetic DNA Could Be Used to Hack Computer Systems. Researchers studying potential security issues surrounding open source computer programs used to analyze DNA have found that most common sequencing software is the subject of poor security practices. Leaving such systems open to cyber attacks and exploits. While the researchers haven't found any evidence of attacks made against DNA synthesizing, sequencing, and processing services, they did find that it is possible to encode a computer virus into synthetic DNA that could conceivably infect the computer that is analyzing this altered genetic code. A direct computer to computer attack is far more likely scenario given the challenges involved in trying to encode a digital virus into a DNA sequence. As it stands, computer systems used for DNA analysis and synthesis are vulnerable to attack, meaning hackers could access personal data or even alter DNA test results. Some of this is above me, but the fact that they can use DNA to infect a computer, we are getting closer and closer to having our own biology match technology, and again, I I did this three or four shows ago, uh, talking about uh, the rise of artificial intelligence, how I think it's an actual representation for us of the creation of life or the manipulation of life on the biological level because I think eventually technology will become synonymous with biology. I think technology is going to get so advanced that you're not going to be able to tell the difference between what is tech and what is bio because they're going to become one and the same. I think our biology right now is just a highly advanced form of technology which means we may be nothing more than some kind of highly sophisticated android and that makes a lot of us upset but it doesn't really have to whether you believe in God whether you believe in creation or divine intervention or the Anunnaki whatever it is They say God created man, they say Enki or Enlil, I forget which one, created man, they say somebody, somebody created man if you're some sort of a creationist or an interventionist. Well, what is that creation? Do they actually just take dirt and blow into it like it says in the ancient texts? Maybe they involve soil of some sort, but maybe there's some kind of medium and some kind of process that was created that makes, that was technologically advanced to create biology. I digress. But again, it's something interesting, something worth noting. I'll have this full article so you can read it a lot slower. Maybe you're smarter than me. You can just read it all, you know, quickly and understand exactly what's going on. Speaking of weird stuff, this comes to us from CNET.com. Next year, scientists will send messages to search for aliens. How the messaging extraterrestrial intelligence community is preparing for humans to talk to aliens. For the last half century or so, astronomers around the world have been scanning the cosmos with massive radio telescopes, in hopes of finding some sign of intelligent life. This network of alien hunters comprises the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, but despite all their efforts, the interstellar radio waves have remained quiet. One might even say, too quiet. Depending on who you ask, first contact with an extraterrestrial civilization might happen any day now. Seth Shostak, director of the SETI Institute, has famously predicted that we'll hear from E.T. within the next two decades. Others, such as the Cornell University astronomer Yervant Terzian, are less optimistic. His probabilistic calculations place first contact in about 1,500 years, as soon as anyone left on Earth to receive the call. Uh, Let's see. But many SETI astronomers aren't content with only scanning the airwaves for signs of ET. Instead, they think we should also be actively reaching out to the cosmos on behalf of planet Earth. These astronomers occupy a controversial niche within the SETI community known as Messaging Extraterrestrial Intelligences, or METI. M-E-T-I. At the forefront of this group is Douglas Vakoch, president of METI International, a research group dedicated to designing and sending messages intended for extraterrestrial recipients. Valcock and his colleagues at METI International are fighting an uphill battle. Aside from the technical problems that come with trying to contact aliens, many SETI astronomers think it's a bad idea. The METI opposition group, which includes scientists like Stephen Hawking, Argue that since we have no idea what ET might be like, sending a message into the cosmos with a huge into the cosmos with a huge existential risk. If the aliens happen to be friendly, no problem. But if they're hostile, that means we're essentially sending out a beacon that says "attack here." Now, again, are we just focusing on doom and gloom? I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you read the rest of the article at ServiceChange.com and in the newsletter in the show notes if you happen to subscribe to that. But it makes me nervous. First of all, I don't know who these guys are. I didn't nominate them to speak for me. And what they're doing is they're sending out a beacon into the vastness of space saying, hey, here's who we are. Here's where we are. Well, what if they invite some hostile neighbors? Now, I would love to have contact. I would love to have disclosure but maybe we really do need to be cautious about what we're just sending out there. There's so much we don't know. Maybe there's so much we have to gain and learn from such an experience, but then again, it's like, wow, what if, what if they contact something bad out there? Then again, I tend to think that this, this planet's already known and mapped and we're not going to attract anything that isn't already here. But if nothing has been here nothing has ever visited here, sending out that signal might invite some unwelcomed guests or unwanted guests, I should say. This next story comes to us from metro.co.uk. A possessed nun's 17th-century devil letter has finally been translated. A letter written in code by a nun possessed by the devil has finally been translated more than 300 years after it was written. Sister Maria Cross Krosif- Kro- I can't even say her name. Sister Maria Krokefisa Della Conzione, Conzioni, wrote this system works for no one, and that humans invented God. In the rambling letter, she believed she had been taken over by the devil, who was using her hand to write. with In 1676, God thinks he can free mortals. It reads, then refers to the river of the underworld, saying perhaps now sticks is certain. The letter was found at a con- at a convent in Sicily, where the nun had lived since she was fifteen. She claims she woke up one day and found the letter with no recollection of who wrote it. Scientists from Ludum Science Center in Catalina finally managed to translate the letter after running it through software on the dark web, which is used by intelligence service to break codes. It goes on to talk about just how they broke it and how, uh, you know, scientists and doctors tend to think that she may have been suffering from schizophrenia. I don't know. I think this, I think this letter downplays. Uh, I think this article downplays either the significance or the motivation or what was going on here. Uh, we really don't know enough on this. If you if you are a researcher, if you have more information on this, I'd like to hear about it. I'd like to know more about Here's some homework for you out there, truth seekers. Don't just accept this on face value. Who was this nun? If you can find any more information about her, about her political affiliations, maybe she found some stuff out about the church because we know that this church is under fire for some of the stuff that they've that they've been a part of some of the things that have been going on maybe she did her own research and she came out up with some stuff because this sounds a lot like what the gnostics say is that you know the the current christian god is is a false god uh you know yaldabaoth if you studied the the Hammadi library Maybe she came across that information, and she wrote it down and coded, and then when somebody found out, she says, oh, it was the devil, he possessed me. Maybe she was completely sane and coherent, or maybe, in fact, she really was channeling information, but back then they would say it was the devil, or, you know, now we're going to say it's schizophrenia because we refuse, mainstream science refuses to acknowledge that there's life beyond this physical plane that we have the capability of contacting. So I'm just putting that Sixth Sense Media hat on here before you dismiss this as quackery, Let's look into it a little bit more. This sounds like an interesting article. So anybody looking to run with that, that would make a great research project, I think. I'd love to hear about it. All right, another article I came across I'm sharing because it ties into the tech and AI advancements. It's called The World's First Sex Robot. Samantha makes live TV debut on this morning. Sex robots are becoming big business, and Samantha's hyper-realistic and sexy appearance caused shock to Holly Wilbowie and Philip Schofield on this morning. I guess that's a morning show out there. Making her debut on the popular ITV daytime show, Sex Robot, Samantha's surprised. That's the same line right there. Look at me. Quite professional. Talking on This Morning, Aaron said, Sex robots aren't going to replace people. It's not about that. It's a supplement to help people enhance their relationship. It goes on to talk about the features that she has. It also talks about the family that is incorporated, and I said family, that has incorpor- this, incorporated this sex robot into their lives. How... She has a daytime mode or a family mode where he was talking about how his children ask for, where's Samantha at right now? She'll come out, and she'll sit, and she can have generic conversations that are non-sexual in nature. The children are very young. So he poses, poses the question, Well, what happens when one day they realize what this robot is exactly for? And the father said he wasn't too concerned about it. He also, his wife also chimed in and said that you know she enjoys the robot and they have threesomes with this sex robot in their marriage and it's not a threat to their marriage at all. You know, this is this is the thing of the future. This has been this technology has been steadily developing, but I've said it before. It, it's through this industry that we're going to see major advancements in robotics and humanoid type robotics, at least, and in artificial intelligence. Because people want companionship. There are a lot of lonely people out there. There are a lot of people that are missing something in their lives. Who, for whatever reason do not have a physical, meaningful relationship and want one. And maybe they have anxiety. Maybe they have illness. Maybe they're shy. Maybe they just are too busy in their professional life. I I don't know. I'm not defending it. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I'm saying this is a reality. This is coming. But we need to be cautious of this because as consumers, we're the ones that are going to be funding the advancements in this technology. Now, let's take a dark spin to that because another Article just came out through the New York Post, and it states that hackers could program sex robots to kill one day. And where am I at here? This website runs a little slow sometimes. A cybersecurity scientist has issued a bizarre warning that sex robots could one day rise up and kill their owners if hackers can get inside their heads. Last month, tech billionaire Elon Musk claimed that artificial intelligence could take over the planet, and he's not the only one concerned about the dangers of killer tech. With sex robots becoming increasingly popular and sophisticated, cybersecurity lecturer Dr. Nick Patterson revealed that the lifelike dolls could end up going all Terminator on us. However, in the case of sex robots, the danger isn't that love dolls will end up developing minds of their own westward style. Instead, the risk is that hackers could breach the realistic robots' inner defenses and catch their owners with their pants down. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how sophisticated the movements get of these robots. If you have a fully autonomous robot that's capable of walking around your house and making dinner and picking up knives and things of that nature, then yes, I'm sure it could be hacked. As of right now, I don't think it poses a threat, but it is something for us to consider that they're finding I mean they're hacking little tiny webcams that you put in your baby's bedroom right now. Why? What's the point of that? But they're doing it. They're hacking your smartphones. They're hacking everything. Again, this isn't be afraid, be very afraid. This is You need to understand that this is a possibility and take appropriate countermeasures. Ultimately, I think this tech, all of this tech can be a very good thing for us. But we need to be able to, number one, protect ourselves from it. We need to be able to unplug from it. We need to know how to turn it off. Those are the things. Now, Elon Musk is looking to, I did a show on him. Several shows on him. He's looking for ways to merge the human body with technology, using nanotechnology through his new company, Neuralink. Uh, you, there's more on that. You can check out in, in other episodes of The Secret Podcast. I'll try to have the link in the show notes in the newsletter this week. Um, but but just, again, something else to be concerned about, something else to worry about with hackers getting in and, and causing more trouble. Now, the more scary thing is I know they're working on um, you know armed robots for military purposes those things, I think, they're designed weapons of war. I know we had the swarm robots, the drones. I, I did a show on them, the little tiny locusts that can sw- over, swarm and overrun an enemy. I mean, if all this stuff is hackable, we definitely have to be worried about, well, what if it gets out of the right hands? What if it gets out of the hands that are in control and into the hands of hackers? Maybe we do have to be worried about something. I don't know. But at this point, I'd say to be safe about it, Always have a plan to unplug. Don't become so immersed in your tech that you can't function without it. Don't become. Don't put all your personal information out there that tech can always have access to it. You know, case in point, I know Equifax was just recently hacked. I forget how many people were affected, and it, you know, it can damage your credit, take advantage of your credit, take advantage of your money. You get all this information about you, and that's one of the dangers of this online world community that we have here. Okay, speaking of uh, of dangers, there's a um, it was on CNN and it's it's a I guess an interview and little do, mini documentary and it's called the fake news machine inside a town gearing up for 2020. I think it's uh, a town in Maced. I think it's been Macedonia, and um, I watched this documentary. It was fascinating, and it was a woman who traveled over there in, into into Macedonia and. That's Apparently, that's where the majority of the fake news stories are coming from. And she was able to connect with uh, one of these fake news organizations. And he went through showing how one of the things that they're doing is they'll purchase a Facebook profile. He says, if we were to create our own Facebook page, it would be shut down immediately, almost immediately by Facebook because they're monitoring them. So they purchased an already well-established profile page from a young child because Facebook doesn't suspect that because it's legitimately uh, an actual count from a kid. But then they use that to then start turning and promoting their other pages, their other businesses, their other accounts. Uh, and what, what they're doing is they're compiling stories right now. And they say, you know, they never flat out said this is fake news. They said they don't know if it's true. They don't verify if it's true. They just take pieces from one story, pieces from another story. This is the tabloids here. This is what you used to find in the super, supermarket checkout aisle. Nothing wrong with it as long as you're ident- identifying it as fiction or you're identifying it as a tabloid. But what happens is, They are making so much money because every time somebody clicks on that page, they get a fraction of a cent or so so much money. So they write these titles, these crafty titles. And look, as somebody who's in the online industry right now, I wish I could write a title that would get that many clicks behind it. But I also am committed to being honest and telling the truth. So I'm not going to just write something, to get people to click it saying, you know, uh, what what are some of the things you see? Uh, So-and-so is pregnant by a, a dinosaur. You know, you used to see those things in the tabloids or whatever. But that's what's going on here. Their big focus right now is the 2020 election. Okay. Please don't dismiss what I'm saying right here. There is an entire industry being built around fake news to get clickbait so people can, hackers can make money besides the politically motivated stuff. And I'll get into that in a minute. Strictly for them to make money. We may need to start thinking about alternative means of information, or right now what you should be doing is you should be identifying with those media voices, wink, wink, Sixth Sense Media, with those media voices out there that you can trust and rely on for the truth, the whole truth, not just a skewed truth, not just one side. They're going to present both sides evenly and objectively, or if they're giving you their opinion, they will tell you, this is my opinion. There's a lot of junk that's out there, and you need to start weeding through it now or the 2020 election could possibly be even more of a disaster than this most recent one was. Speaking of which, here's the main story I wanted to get to. This is the story that I'm going to put the six cents spin on it again. This is what my gut has told me. As a cop, you trust your gut instinct, right? Well, I've, I've taken my gut instinct, and, and you know that kind of leads the charge with me in everything that I do. And I said it years ago. I said there's something going on in America. There is, there's some level of subversion, you know, turning the people against their government, which we've seen happen. And it started out when I, I was listening to a popular radio program. I'm not going to say which program it was. But this program was just designed to make people upset with the government, get angry with the government, get angry, get angry, angry. And listen, I'll be the first one to say our government is broken. They're, they do a lot of terrible things. But I believe that the the Problems in our own system have been exploited and have been used to divide the American people and ultimately to weaken our country. We're not working together. We're organizing against each other. And as they say in the Hunger Games, remember who the real enemy is. Well, I don't even think we know who the real enemy is anymore because we think anybody who's not us is the actual enemy. I have some proof here that we are being manipulated and we are being played upon. And this is the the value of incorporating what I'll call psychic data, and actual reporting data. So you take your sixth sense, your intuition drive. Now, mine's just an intuitive gut feeling. But if we start getting into remote viewing data, which is verifiable data, now we have something measurable, something repeatable. And you compare that with what's obtained through the other five senses, whether somebody intercepts a radio transmission, somebody witnesses something, somebody hears something, somebody says something, okay? You compile all of that data to get the big picture. This is just a small scale of where I want to take things. Okay, so here's the the heading of the article. It comes to us from DailyBeast.com. Exclusive, Russia used Facebook events to organize anti-immigrant rallies on U.S. soil. Pushing fake news was just one component of the Russian campaign to shape American minds. Part 2, organizing anti-immigrant events, echoing themes from the pro-Trump press. There you have it. That's the heading. I'll have this in the uh, in the show notes. I'm gonna read a little bit more of this article. I going to talk about it for a minute too. One of the other things that tipped me off, uh, you know, as I'm as I'm thinking about this and I'm just lightly looking into this over the past couple of years, one of the things I noticed is that there have been some great memes and some great one and two minute videos of Vladimir Putin looking like this really cool guy. That's all I can say is Vlad looks like he's this hip cool. In the know, tough guy who's in control, calm, cool, and collected, who knows everything, who's standing up to tyranny—like all these different things—come out in the in the American websites, in the American you know internet media. And I just started thinking about that, going, "Well, you you hear these rumors of Russian meddling and things of that nature, and Vlad's coming out looking like a pretty cool guy." Now we don't tend to do that in America; we tend to to really demonize everybody that could be a potential enemy. So what I have suspected is that there's a team of Russian. Internet intelligence operatives who have been seeding these ideas. Vladimir Putin is a cool guy, Vladimir, and maybe he is. I I've never met the guy, but they're they're putting this out there, and because you don't see a lot of stuff bad mouthing Putin. So again, that was just something that that I, a little piece of evidence that I compiled, thinking maybe there's more to this, and I think that there is, and here it is right here. Russian operatives hiding behind false identities use Facebook's event management tool to remotely organize and promote political protests in the U.S including an August 2016 anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim rally in Idaho, the Daily Beast has learned. A Facebook spokesperson confirmed to the Daily Beast that the social media giant shut down several promoted events as part of the takedown we described last week. The company declined to elaborate except to confirm that the events were promoted with paid ads. This is the first time the social media giant has publicly acknowledged the existence of such events. The Facebook events, one of which echoed Islamophobic conspiracy theories pushed by pro-Trump media outlets, are the first indication that the Kremlin's attempts to shape America's political discourse move beyond fake news and let unwitting Americans into specific real-life action. This is the next step, Clint Watts, a former FBI agent and expert on Russia's influence campaign, told the Daily Beast. The objective is to influence... The objective of influence is to create behavior change. This, the simplest behavior is to have someone disseminate propaganda that Russia created and seeded. The second part of the behavior influence is when you can get people to physically do something. My own thoughts here, why go fight a war when you can make the country fight itself? That is what's happening, people. Look on the streets, look on the media, look on the news. They don't even have to have operatives here in the United States anymore, which I'm sure that there are. But they're putting this information, you have it in your pocket, in your cell phone. You need to be cautious of this. Let's see. uh, Last week, Facebook acknowledged for the first time that Russia used false identities in about 3,000 ads to spread politically divisive posts to Americans before and after the election. The content, according to an expert on Facebook advertising system likely seen by between 23 and 70 million people based on $100,000 ad buy alone. All right, now, I know there's some conflict here. I haven't tracked this story too much, but I know that when the WikiLeaks stuff was coming out, you know, Trump was denying, and this isn't saying that Trump is involved. I want to be quite clear with that, and that's not what I'm saying either. I'm not getting even getting on the Trump stuff. I've talked about my feelings on that before. It's not about that. What it is about is that you're information may be specifically designed to manipulate you, to manipulate your neighbors, to manipulate your friends and your family and turn us against one another. So I would say that a good rule of thumb when evaluating which groups you're following is if they're spreading hate then maybe you need to turn the other direction. There are bad things going on in this world and there may be some people who you could consider bad people, people doing bad things stop associating with them, stop sharing their stuff Share negative information if it's going to benefit people that need to know it in terms of allowing them to create countermeasures. Don't share it just to bitch about it. We need to be mindful of this possibility. You know, I belong to several veterans' pages on Facebook because I enjoy a veteran's sense of humor. There's a lot of stuff that really only military people can get and laugh, and it's fun. It's entertaining for me. Every once in a while, though, those pages will get say, all right, shout out, where are you from? What unit are you with? What's your rank? Asking all these questions. And a lot of red flags go up for me when I start seeing that stuff because that is the type of information. Now, I'm saying this as someone whose job it used to be to gather intelligence from people. If I had the Internet, my job would have been so ridiculously easy. If I had Facebook... What took years to compile in the past, we can now get in a matter of a couple of hours just by surfing somebody's Facebook profile page. We used to want to know not only where does somebody live, what political affiliations do they have, what religious beliefs do they have, who do they associate with, who are they friends with, who's their family members, how big is their inner circle. All That would take a long time to build a dossier. Where do they go? Where do they frequent? Where do they shop? What do they like to eat? This is all information that, given an operational setting, could be useful. Well, guess what? We have handed all that information to any potential enemies that are out there right now. I'm not trying to scare you. What I'm trying to say is this is real. You need to be mindful. You need to be cautious about what you share on social media. And when somebody starts asking those personal questions, you don't want to give that out. Even if they've got 3, 300,000 followers, a million followers, which some of them do, they, they could be a very good intelligence operative, collecting information against you and everyone else out there. And we all know that, I'm going to go off the deep end for a minute, but if an invasion was to happen on United States soil, if an enemy country was to come in here, what would they want to know? Besides the, the police and the military, who would be the first line of defense, they'd want to know who the veterans are. They'd want to know who the survivalists are, the preppers are. They want to know these people because those are the ones that be forming their own pockets of resistance. Well, if they know who you are because you keep putting your information out there on social media, well, then now we have a big problem. I'm sure dossiers have already been built. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to sound doom and gloom but this is a real possibility it's something you need to be mindful of if you have that information out there take down what you can and just make it a point to not put that type of information out there anymore if you want to monitor those groups and see you know who they are you know and how do you identify them well honestly i i don't have that answer right now maybe people can better track where you know a certain poster is coming from if it pings back to russia but i guess you can make it look like they're somewhere else when they're really not. Anyway, I, I don't know. Um, I, I've noticed some of these in their description, in their texts, in their comments, they're English. They word things as if they're not native English speakers. I, I can't explain exactly what it is they're doing. I understand somebody who's, a, who's got a poor grasp of the written language. As a teacher, I see that all the time. What I'm seeing is putting verbs and and adjectives and nouns in the wrong places that's not a common mistake of somebody who's a native english speaker it's a common mistake of somebody who speaks a foreign language that might be one indicator of somebody who is not a native english speaker it's not a tell all uh, of course uh, somebody who's doing live videos you know maybe you can get a, a better feel if, if they're putting up a live video you're seeing places that are local to the united states uh, you know and they're they're showing you exactly who they are and they're giving more information well then maybe it's a safe bet on uh, on who that person is but again anything can be faked and produced in this day and age so i don't know i don't know what the answer is other than be cautious with what you're sharing and who you're interacting with in your online life right now just something to think about again i'll have this link and the link of everything else that i covered in the show notes at serviceofchange.com for this podcast episode i'll also have it in the secret newsletter which goes out every sunday morning You'll have the links to that right in your inbox. That's the best way to stay connected to what's going on with the show is the secret newsletter through serviceofchange.com. And check out all the research that you want to do and take it to the next step. And please let me know what you find. Again, I want to redirect you to the Sixth Sense Media Facebook page. You'll find the links at serviceofchange.com where you can find out all the neatest stories. Neatest? That's not a good word. The coolest stories that we're putting out there today and every day. Again, my co-founder, Ray Davis, he's doing a lot of great stuff. He's the author of Anunnaki Awakening. Great book. If you haven't read it, please pick up your copy. The links will be through Sixth Sense Media. I'll have it on my page as well. And also, he he has done a lot of great work with uh, with affirmations, positive affirmations. If You've never worked with an affirmation. It's a phrase you say repeatedly, a positive phrase to, to condition yourself into a, a better positive state of mind so you can find success. And, and I'd call Ray an affirmation genius. He's got, I don't know how many, I don't know if it's, Dozens, hundreds, he's got a a ton of affirmations out there, That some of which he's giving away through the Sixth Sense Media platform. I've seen links about that where you can download them, you can read about them. Um, Well worth your time. If you're somebody who's dealing with depression, if you're somebody who wants to change certain things in your life, I saw the other day he had a link up there through the post. Uh, It was positive affirmations for teachers. And let me tell you, as a teacher, that's something that we definitely need. Affirmations have gotten me through my day uh, on many of my challenging journeys as an educator so check it out subscribe to the six sense media facebook page that's phase one for us right now like i said as the website's going to be coming online there's going to be more to follow we will have eventually blog posts coming up and hopefully pulling on more podcasters video creators content creators you name it check us out keep supporting us thanks so much for listening my friends this has been another episode of the secret podcast with now with six sense media Where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world, I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning, and keep open mind. Thank you.